podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. De Bruyne, oh, 1-0 City, for Nels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! For Kane! Oh, what a finish! And Chibu Puki! Salah to settle it! And Ruben Neves! William for Chelsea! And that could be the goal that seals the title for Liverpool at long last! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages... EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guests, Guy Drinkle, Obi Samanya, Jake Jackman, Dave Hendrick, Kaylin Kareem, and me, Jody McInnes. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of a tad predictable super excited for this special episode as as you heard from the intros we got a whole host of people coming onto the show we got guests bringing in their predictions and we've also got a guest coming in for banquet or burnet and the liverpool versus spurs game um so slightly different to what you guys might be used to from us but as as we mentioned it's december period the games come thick and fast, so we just thought we'd do a little special episode just to get the scores in and the predictions in for the games that come in for Tuesday. Um, but without further ado, we've got our guest here. Jody. you do the intros for the show, but we've been trying to get you onto the show now for a while, and we're, we're happy that you're able to join us. How do you feel the Spurs season has gone so far? You're a big Spurs fan. I know last season you were going to you and some of the games. Are you hoping to be able, you know, if if all things are, are good and and you're able to get to games, are you hoping to get to a game this season, or is it just hoping the team can hang on this season and 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 try and you know get the title? Is, is it is it a still a dream, or is 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 it? Are you guys now thinking about title, or it's too early for those type of talks? Thank you so much, and thanks again um, for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Um, I think if you'd asked me that this time last year, I probably would have had a very different answer to give you right now. Um, Extremely happy, so ecstatic that we're top of the title. Um, You know, we're beating Liverpool. We've had some amazing games over the past probably four to six weeks now. We've been really smashing it, and um, yeah, very, very happy Obviously, quite upset that I haven't been able to get to any of the games. But, um, you know, the UK is opening up now. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not too happy that you guys are above us. But you guys are playing well this season. And we'll move into what's going to be an exciting show this week. We've got score predictions. As I said, um, we've got score predictions from all around all the people that have been on the show before, we've brought them back in to bring in and, and give some predictions. Unfortunately, Dan isn't able to to do them this time. Um, we hope that after his surgery, he's feeling a bit better and, and he will love to have him back on soon as he's recovered and, and he's back. But he informed me, I spoke to him the other day, that everything went well and we're just sending our well wishes uh, to Dan and we'll move on to the first fixture of this week and it's Wolves versus Chelsea 
And we thought we'd get some help from our lovely producer, Guy Drinkle. So, Guy, how do you think this Wolves versus Chelsea game is going to go? Wolves-Chelsea is a strange game now. Um, I mean, last year or the last couple of years, you'd probably think maybe Europa League, even top four opportunity for, for both teams. But now you think Wolves just don't look the same, really. Not really exciting at all. Um Jimenez being out for, well, we don't really know how long. Hopefully he recovers from the uh, the fractured skull, but they're just so boring to watch now. Like That game against Villa the other day was... Watching pain dry would have been uh, more entertaining, um, only to be topped by the Manchester derby, of course. Um, but I just don't see where the threat from Wolves is now. Like, Traore doesn't seem to be... His explosive best, obviously, he didn't start the season in the team. I think there was a contract dispute or some some jazz there. Fabio Silva looked all right the other day, considering he, I think he's nineteen, but they did spend forty odd mil on him, so you'd expect some sort of ability. Uh, Pedence inconsistent, as my fantasy Premier League team tells me. Um, Neto's young and again inconsistent, but. Looks quite promising, and the need. I think they need to stop messing about with four at the back. They just don't have the players for it. Like Cody is, well, he's a, he's half a midfielder, isn't he? Really, so he shouldn't be in the back four. Um, and then Nelson Semedo for forty mil. Poo, that's got to be up there in one of the worst uh, pieces of business in the in the summer. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd go back to three at the back, try and contain. Chelsea, the, their main threat is seemingly pace and, and using space as well. We, we saw Werner and uh, against Everton, not involved at all. Um, maybe bring Tammy back in. I think Tammy and Werner look more promising. I, I, I didn't watch their Champions League games, but in the Premier League, Tammy and Werner seem to be working a bit better. And maybe go, maybe get Havertz back out and. I know. I think ZX injured. I'm not sure if he'll be back for this one, but if Pulisic fit, maybe that'll be a better balance than uh, than Havertz. Um, but yeah, the this Chelsea seem to find a groove, and I don't know. I just kind of gone away. But Ch- Chelsea, Chelsea have their own problems. They need to start proving it against better teams. I think the stat after the Everton game was they haven't beat a team of a thirteenth, and albeit Wolves are missing their best player and most important player. It's still an opportunity for Chelsea to kind of get that out of their way and get that out of the locker. So, yeah, it, 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 I think it's more important for Chelsea because they they need to they need the top four. Like they spent a billion pound in the summer and top four's bare minimum, and then you can build into the title challenge next season. You'd imagine, but. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a huge game for Chelsea because they need they need to get that monkey off the back of of not beating um, higher up in the, in the division teams. Like they could probably get top four just beating the bottom half. Even the inconsistencies already in the season, but uh, if Man City improve, Leicester are doing well. If Man United get a, a non PE teacher manager, it's uh, yeah, it, it's very important for Chelsea to get top four. Pro- probably more most important for any team out there. You'd you'd probably think. Um, especially Frankie, he'd probably get sacked if, if there's even a threat of um, finishing outside the top four. So yeah, I'd, uh, I think Chelsea will do it just because Wolves 
a, a sore poo this season. Like they grinded out results and stuff like that. Not obviously not against Villa, but um, yeah, I'll go one nil Chelsea. I, I think it'll be pretty boring to be honest. Um, maybe maybe not one to watch, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say Chelsea. Chelsea will do. I think they'll get the monkey off the back, but. A draw could be quite likely, but if Wolves play four at the back, I could see Werner, Abraham, etc. exposing someone like Cody. So, see what the team is. But at this moment, I'd say one nil Chelsea. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, and certainly if it ends one nil, then I, I don't know if it's a game that many people will be watching or, or tuning into. Um, I think Chelsea are going to have way too much for Wolves in this game. I think just the attacking threat that Chelsea have. I know at times they've come unstuck this season, but you've mentioned the fact of getting back to Werner and Tammy Abrams as the focal points. Maybe Giroud coming off the bench instead of starting, I think would really help them out. And I just don't feel confident in this in this Wolves team this season, unfortunately for them. And I do think that this will be getting that monkey off the back for Chelsea of getting a win against a, a team that is higher in the league than you know, a, a, a lot higher than the, the teams that they have been beating. And as you said, it's obviously been a huge talking point for them. They they need this win. They want to get back on track. They wouldn't have been happy with what happened this past weekend. And I'm pretty confident that they will be able to correct that, correct that this season. Wolves currently sitting in 12th place at the moment, 13th place at the moment. Um, obviously, weekend's not over at time of recording, but... From Chelsea's perspective, I can see them getting a 2-0 win here. Not as big a difference from guys 1-0, but I do think that there are goals in there for Chelsea players. So at, at the very least, a 2-0. And we'll be bringing Guy back in because he's also covering our Man City versus West Brom game. From my perspective, I think, obviously, City, <laughs> hopefully for their fans, they don't have a hangover after this terrible game this past weekend against Man United. I I don't think there's even the biggest City fan or the biggest United fan that can say anything but the fact that that game was pretty poor. And a West Brom game at home at the Etihad for City is probably a, a perfect game for them to try and bounce back. But let's hear what Guy has to say about it. Man City, West Brom, I mean, Man City are just favourites all day. I mean, they're not playing too well. The, the Manchester derby was horrendous. There wasn't really any ambition from either side to win it. But these are the games that Man City just simply win, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, the battered Burnley a couple of weeks ago. West Brom are worse than Burnley. Um I'm not, I'm not even sure if that's accurate in the table, but they just are. I mean, conceding after, what was it, 40, sec, 40, 50 seconds against Newcastle. Haven't watched the Newcastle highlights or anything yet, but yeah, you, West Brom got to take them opportunities, considering the struggles Newcastle went through with, with COVID and a lot of the team missing and stuff like that. So, I think Man City, they're probably going to rotate because... Champions League, I know they qualified from it quite easily and stuff, but with the teams like City, Liverpool, etc., have been playing two games a week for a while, so maybe you see Ferran Torres start, Aguero's coming back, which is huge. Um, so I'll, I'll go 4 1 City, but City, City really need to 
get into gear because, I mean, the title race is slipping away from them already. I know they're not too far away in the table, but it's it's a very strange season. So they they really need that. I just need to just need to find that spark again because it's not working. I think they need Aguero back in the team. They need to settle back. Uh, get settled back for and, and the midfield midfield is probably the biggest issue with they haven't really replaced silver or anything like that Rod Rodri for 60 odd mil is looking to worst deal every every time I see him play um, so yeah I think City need to find something here um, and West Brom ugh, dear me um, I quite like West Brom um, used to be an old FM FM team but uh the the summer was pretty bad and they're looking very championshipy. So at at the minute I'd say West Brom with Sheffield United, but I'm recording this before Sheffield United play, so who knows what their their result will be. Um, they're they're just looking favourites for nineteenth, twentieth, and I think everyone before the season probably would have said Fulham, but West Brom looked like the worst of the bunch that came up and. For a team that's been up and down in the Premier League, you think they'd come somewhat ready for it, and they just they just don't. I mean, they're going to have to have a big January. Uh, I know they've got ownership issues and and, and stuff like that at the men, but uh, they're going to have to address it. The defense isn't too good. Um, obviously Pereira missing. I assume it's for free games. If it was violent conduct, he. Newcastle was an opportunity. Maybe Man City isn't, so that's kind of a free hit, I suppose. I'm not sure who they're playing next, but yeah, you you, you can't afford to miss him for that long. And um, they, they need to fix the defence. I don't rate the goalkeeper too high. Um, yeah, I, I kind of think they're dead and buried unless they have a huge um, uh, January window. So yeah, 4-1 City. And um, I could see Aguero kind of announcing his start in the Premier League, I see, because Gabby, Gabby Jesus just isn't, he isn't really doing it. I mean, when they signed him, he, he looked really promising. But if he's the long-term replacement for for um, for Aguero, as a, an opposing fan, as a Liverpool fan, who I still see Man City as my, the main title rival, I'd, I'd be, that'd be great news for me. I think they really need to go, I don't have the knowledge, but they need to find someone with the Aguero level potential and I just don't see Jesus having it because, well, he's played in and out pretty much all the time. Just when Aguero's been injured, he's not really had consistent game time. Maybe his development stalled, maybe he's just not that good. So, yeah. Um, forward, C. Thank you for that, Guy. Um, I'm I'm going to double down that 4-1. I think City definitely shake off this past weekend's game against United and they're going to need goals, and it's the Etihad. They do love scoring goals at the Etihad. It's a very tough place to go, and I I'm, I'm feel for West Brom because it's a really tough fixture for them to to face at this point in time with the quick turnaround. Do they have enough time to game plan for City? City players will be used to, or the majority of them will be used to doing the, the two games a week whereas West Brom won't so that might also be a shock to their system and I think City are going to punish them for that and, and just, yeah I can see it going 4-1 um, our game that follows this one is Arsenal versus Southampton and we go across the waters to OB down in South Africa 
obviously Obi was on our show last time around. He wasn't too happy with how Arsenal were doing. Let's see how he's feeling about this game uh, against a very tough Southampton side. Hey, this is Obi at Giant Empire SA if you're looking for my handle. And I'm your Arsenal pundit. And looking for the game against Southampton, I'm looking at a 2-0 Arsenal victory. Uh, I think this might be a moment for optimism. I think having played Burnley uh, over the weekend uh, and mostly buoyed by the return of Nicola Pepe, he'll be eligible as of their game against Southampton. I see Arsenal holding a 2-0 win. I think Southampton and the way that they're playing um, won't be set up for a low block. And I think Arsenal having that extra width with the returning Pepe as a winger just gives them that extra bit of creativity and that extra bit of class. And we know that their position on the log table doesn't quite justify where they ought to be. And they're going to have to pick up points somewhere. And this is the kind of game where they tend to do that. So I'm going to go with the 2-0 victory. Uh, and uh, let's hope that uh, the boys can keep it going that from there. A 2-0 victory for Arsenal. That would certainly be music to Arsenal fans' ears. They then keep the good times rolling, hopefully, for them um, at time of recording. It's currently nil-nil against Burnley. It's half-time in that game. So we'll see how Arsenal get on in that game. But certainly against Southampton, I think it's going to be a tough game for them. Uh, we saw what Southampton did this weekend. 3-0 against Sheffield United. They looked really, really good, really confident. Um, I, for one, think it's going to be a tough game for Arsenal. I think Arsenal will need to show a lot of impetus in that game. It's <laughs> It could be a really, really tricky one for them. It could be a really, really tricky one for them. Un un unfortunately... Um, if you know if if they can get something from this Burnley game, uh, we will see. But obviously, it, they probably need a win just to get some of the steam off of Arteta. But looking at the Southampton game, it's another game at home. It's a game where Arsenal will probably have a lot of the ball, and Southampton will look to counter them. And I'm worried about Arsenal on the transition. I'm gonna go with a with a two-two. A 2-2 draw. I think I think Southampton are definitely going to get goals in this game on the counter-attack. You can see the likes of Ings, Walcott. Walcott surely is going to score. That has to be in, in the stars. But Arsenal need some fight. They need to fight for their manager at this point in time. And I think this is the game where they have to start showing it. Uh, so I'm going to go with the 2-2. That was Obi. Thank you for that one. Um, we move on to our next game on the list. And it's Leeds versus Newcastle. And... There's no way we were going to do a Newcastle game without bringing Jake Jackman in. Uh, Jake obviously had that shout last week for Connor Cody scoring a header. And Cody actually got his first ever shot on target in the Premier League. So for Jake to have made that shout, I think, is just legendary. He may not have gotten the goal, but he was clearly showing intent to score. So, which obviously just proves Connor Cody listens to the podcast. Hey, Connor, thanks for listening. And Jake knows his stuff. So, let's hear what Jake has to say about Leeds versus Newcastle. Leeds versus Newcastle. Um, this is going to be a tough game um, for both sides, I think. Leeds were initially praised for the way they settled into the league and, and for good reason. Uh, they played a 
really uh, difficult team to come up against the press high. Uh, they won't give Newcastle much time on the ball. I think it's probably quite a good matchup for Leeds. As much as that pains me to say. Although, uh, on Friday night, I did think they looked a bit tired. Obviously got a, a, a big problem with set pieces. Um, sadly, Newcastle on a team that's great at them. So, um, not sure if that will um, cause any trouble uh, this midweek. Um, with Newcastle, they were, were good on uh, Saturday. thought they deserved the win against West Brom, created the better chances. Um, obviously tied as the uh, game went on, uh, and West Brom did, did have periods, but I thought Newcastle played well. Um, hopefully a few players come back. Fernandez would be one. That'd be a big boost if he does return. Uh, and we can move Hayden back into midfield. Uh, St. Maximan as well has been missing, so hopefully he, he can be back involved. And Brian Fraser, I think, if we get those guys involved, that could that could really give us a chance, especially St. Maximan, because the way leads man mark, I think he'll be able to, to beat a man and, and get in some real space in this match. It'll be a match of the suits, and so he can get involved. But um, I think we'll just sit on the fence on this one. I think that Leeds are a decent team. Newcastle probably a good matchup for them. Whereas, uh, yeah, Newcastle obviously can be a tough period for them without training for so long, three matches in seven days. It's going to be tough. Um, so maybe they will look to sit back and frustrate Leeds. And that's been a tactic the teams have had success with against Leeds. I think West Ham kind of did it on, on Friday night. And uh, Crystal Palace, especially a few weeks ago, did it and set back and didn't give Leeds much space in behind and, and pick them off on the counter. I think Newcastle do similar. So I think I'm going for a one-all draw. Um, for this one I'm never going to predict the Newcastle loss but yeah Leeds are in a tricky period I don't think they'll get the win so yeah 1-1 1-1 score there from Jake um, from my perspective I, I do see where he's coming from from Newcastle really have to be compact make sure they're not giving Leeds too much space and I've, I've, we've seen it from Steve Bruce this season that he can make it very very difficult for opposition teams and managers to to try and unlock that Newcastle defense I think they'll be buoyed by the return of some players uh, in this in, in this fixture and I think that's going to help them just to have fresh legs coming in we mentioned I know I know Jake's mentioned the the fact of having three games in in quick succession especially after not being able to train and um, their training ground being closed and all of that stuff that came with it but I think Newcastle are going to pull it off in this game. And I'm going to go for a 2-1 Newcastle win. That's right, Jake. I'm going to be the Newcastle fan in this one. And I'm going to call for a 2-1 Newcastle win. Um, and we'll head back to Jake for our next game. It's Leicester versus Everton. Let's see how he feels about this one. It, it, it's a tricky game from my perspective. But let's hear what Jake has to say. So Leicester versus Everton. I think this is going to be a good game. Uh, two teams that should be finishing the top of the table this year. Um, recording this before Leicester have played Brighton, so I can't factor that game into my thinking. So if Jamie Vardy's injured, then you'll realise why I haven't factored that in. But um, really impressed with Everton at the weekend. Thought they played well. Um, I think they were really helped by having fans back in the stadium. Definitely. Um, Calvert-Lewin looks like he's going to uh, be a huge handful for any defence uh, as he has done throughout the rest of the year uh, Richarlison looked like he was getting back to the threatening goal um, and Sigurdsson probably played the best he's played in, in well over a year so it's definitely positive for Everton but they need to now show some consistency uh, to go with that they need to go away from home and, and give a, a similar performance and then start delivering these performances 8-9 times out of 10 if they are ready to push on for Europe 
Um, so this is going to be a good test for them. I think Leicester have been have been inconsistent inconsistent themselves, but um, less so than us um, than than Everton. I think Vardy's going to cause a lot of problems for the Everton backline. May have got a clean sheet against Chelsea, but they haven't had many recently. And, and Pickford, even in that game, looked a bit nervous, especially with three kicks, making a, a weird movement to his right before before diving back the other way. And that will be something that um, Leicester have picked up on, especially James Madison plays and could potentially have a have a, a say in proceedings from distance. Yeah, I think I'm going to think I'll take the Leicester win um, with potentially a Madison goal from outside the box. So yeah, 2-1 Leicester. 2-1 Leicester win, and I love the shot of the Madison goal as well from outside the box. Um, yeah, obviously Jake, as he's mentioned, he doesn't have the benefit of having watched the Leicester game against Brighton. Um, at time of recording here, it's 3-0 to Leicester in that game. They're looking really, really good. Uh, you've got the likes of Ndidi coming back now. They've got a few players coming back from those injuries that they had early in the season, and I think they're starting to correct things a little bit now and heading into December, that's always good when the games come thick and fast. Um, on the other side of the ball, we've got Everton, who they would have been really chuffed with that win against Chelsea. I think the fact that they had uh, fans there was a huge, huge boost for them, as Jake has mentioned. Not having them now, obviously it's going to be an away game at Leicester. I wonder if that's going to take something away from the spirit of this Everton side. You'd you'd want to think that it won't, and hopefully it doesn't for them. But I just think that extra boost they got from the home crowd really helped them in that game. So I'm I'm gonna go with Jake in this one. I'm gonna double down that two one Leicester win. I I do think that they are going to carry on this winning momentum that it looks like as I said it's currently half time in that game against Brighton um, and I'm going to go for a Vardy brace uh, I know I know Jake's called the Madison freaky I, I think Vardy times two on that one is going to be pretty cool uh, and then we move on to our exciting halftime segment for this podcast it's bank it or burn it and as I mentioned earlier she's been waiting very patiently and and you've heard the scores of all the other pundits that have come in here and, and given their scores. How do you feel, first of all, first time ever doing Banquet or Burnett, and then also not having necessarily given us your predictions on all the games, you've kind of kept your cards close to your chest in this one. I'm, I'm very intrigued how you're going to go with this segment. I'm ready. I'm very excited. I think I'm going to take Jake, Jake on um, and I'm going to try and claim that victory. So we'll see how we'll see how I go. Ah, you're going straight for the king. Yeah. You know what they say, if you if you aim for the king, you best not miss. Well, we'll see what happens, won't we? Yeah, we will. Uh, Jake's highest score ever was on episode two. He got 17 out of 23. Um it was out of 23 because two questions didn't get off. It was the first time we had done Banker or Burnett. He wasn't quite used to the game. I wasn't quite used to how quick to ask the questions. So I take majority of that blame actually for only getting 23 questions fired off. But last week he came back. Um, he only got 14 out of 25. I say only, but for Jake, Jake has high standards on this, on this segment. So he got 14 out of 25 for that one. Um, this gives you a window to maybe try and pip him, if not the highest score, at least from last week's score. Okay, big boots to fill, but I'm ready to fill them. 
Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, for those that don't know, Bank It or Burn It, it's a segment that we play here. I'm going to ask, based on the, the fixtures that we've just heard, um, the score predictions from our pundits, I'm going to ask Jody a series of five questions and she's going to shout bank it if she thinks it's going to happen or she's going to shout burn it if she thinks it's not going to happen. I'm going to just read off the questions quickly and then we'll get going. Question A would be over 1,000 touches. B, under 35 clearances. C, over five shots on target. D, a headed goal. E, knee slide goal celebration. And the fixtures, once again, were Wolves versus Chelsea, Man City versus West Brom, Arsenal versus Southampton, Leeds versus Newcastle, and Leicester versus Everton. Have you got your head around the questions? I do. I'm ready. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm sensing a lot of confidence here, which is always good for this segment. We like our guests to have confidence and, and to know what they're doing. Um, I'm going to put 15 seconds on the clock for you, and we'll start with the first one. It's Wolves versus Chelsea. Your time starts now. Over 1,000 touches. Bank it. Under 35 clearances. Burn it. Whoa. Uh, over five shots on target. Bank it. Headed goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Jeez. <laughs> Just in time and she got it. That's pretty awesome. How did you feel that first round went? Yeah, I think it was I think it was good. Um yeah, we'll see how we go next time. Okay, okay. Feeling confident. Um you don't need a break or anything. You you're feeling good. No, you're feeling I'm, ready for I'm the next fired round. Up. Awesome, awesome stuff. The next round is Man City versus West Brom. Um we both went with 4-1 scorelines both myself and Guy. It will be interesting to see if that plays a factor in how you you go for it in this one. Okay, 15 seconds on the clock. Man City versus West Brom. Your time starts now. Over 1,000 touches. Bank it. Okay, under 35 clearances. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. Headed goals. Bank it. No ways. Nice like goal celebration. Bank it. Bank it in all of them? Yeah. Are, you, are you serious? Yeah, I'm hoping for a car walker. Header. Oh, what the shout, we'll Carl Walker header! Is that a fantasy shout, like that fantasy, fantasy football, shout. or? Yeah. Also, I'm thinking maybe if Aguero comes back, um, he might get a knee slide celebration. We'll see what happens there, but yeah. Good shout. He does love a knee slide. He does love a knee slide. The next game that comes up, uh, your rivals Arsenal, and they're coming up against Southampton. Your 15 seconds starts now. Over 1,000 touches. Bank it. Under 35 clearances. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. Headed goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Bank it. What is going on here? Are you just going to majority bank it? Is I this think, the tactic? Yeah, I mean, banking it at the end there, I think Danny Ings had a taste for it last week, uh, this weekend. So I think if he doesn't doesn't score goals this weekend and doesn't get any knee slide celebrations i'm going to be pretty upset about it so another fa okay this might be a good tactic just go with the fantasy team I, I like it i like it okay leeds versus newcastle do you have any leeds or newcastle players in your fantasy team uh i have flinch 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's see how this goes. 15 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Over 1,000 touches. Bank it. Under 35 clearances. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. Headed goal. Burn it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. Ooh, burn it. Burn it to end it off. Okay, that had a bit more variety. Okay, okay. Last and last not least, it's Leicester versus Everton. Um, your 15 seconds starts now. Over 1,000 touches. Bank it. Under 35 clearances. Burn it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. Headed goal. Bank it. Knee slide goal celebration. Burn it. A burn it to end it off. Oh my word. And she does it with time to spare. How do you think that went for you? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it was good. It was, it was, I've, I've heard the segment quite a few times now. So, you know, I'm, I'm used to the questions. So I'm okay. yeah, play along at home. So Nicely done. Nicely done. That was bank it or burn it. If you played along as well, definitely tweet at us. Let us know what you think is going to happen in those scenarios. But we will move on to lovely rural Ireland, as Dave affectionately does in uh, mentions uh, his location and, and, and where he's staying. But we move on to Fulham versus Brighton. And I, I particularly wanted Dave to speak on the Brighton game because he's a big fan of Brighton. Well, he's a Liverpool fan, but a big fan of, of the way Brighton have been playing, especially under Graham Potter. Um, if you listen to his Two Footer podcast, also on this channel, you will hear all about that. But let's hear what Dave has to say about this specific fixture. It's Fulham versus Brighton. Last time out, Fulham played Liverpool. Really, really strong performance from them. Should have won the game. Were the better team without question throughout. They've started to put together a strong defence. Ariola's playing well. Anderson's playing well. Aina's playing well. The midfield is starting to function. Zambo has been great all season, but if if it's Lamina or if it's Reed, it's starting to work really well in there with him. They need to get more clinical in front of goal. That's the big issue for Fulham. Fulham's one fault this year other than not being able to score penalties, has been an inability to be clinical in front of go- in front of goal. When they have a chance, they need to get more clinical at taking it because when you're Fulham in the Premier League, you're not going to get many chances per game and you have to make the most of the ones you get. So that's where they need to, need to improve. Brighton will give them some chances, there's no question. And Brighton don't travel particularly well. They've been better at home. This is a game, to me, that if I'm Fulham, I'm targeting this as a win. I think Brighton should be targeting this as a win as well, though, because, again, Fulham are below them in the table. Brighton need to be beating the teams below them, though they have struggled in that regard. Draw with West Brom, draw with Burnley. I think Fulham will win this game. I'm going to go 2-1 Fulham. I think it should be a cracking game, though. Two sides that want to play decent football. I actually think if you swap the managers round... I think Fulham would be sitting comfortably in mid-table. I think they've got more talent on the pitch. And Brighton left themselves short in the summer, and it's been seen in some of their performances this year. That is Dave's predictions. It's a 2-1 Fulham win, which is quite a surprise for me. I, I get where he's coming from in terms of just 
the squad qualities and, and then also the managers and what they've been able to get out the teams. I've mentioned time and time again how the goals are a big issue for Fulham, so I'm, I'm there with him in that one. But I think I'm going to root for Brighton in this game. They're a fun team. Uh, I think they need, they do need the wins this season in terms of just getting the wins after having good performances. So I'm going to go with a... I'm going to reverse a score. He went 2-1 Fulham. I'm going to go 2-1 to Brighton. And I know it's an away game. He's mentioned their struggle away from home. But I think they're going to be able to pull it off this time around. And all the energy that Fulham spent in that Liverpool game, I think that might be their undoing in this one. Um, and they come up short. But we move on to the next game. And it's West Ham versus Crystal Palace. Uh We'll head back with to, to Dave and, and hear what he has to say about this one. This is another tough game to pick. It really is another tough game to pick. Both teams are in pretty good form. West Ham certainly in better form. But Palace will take a lot of heart from a really good draw against Spurs. You would have to feel that West Ham are favourites going into this game, though, especially at home. They're in... Over the last couple of months, they've been really good. I mean, they didn't look like they were going to be up to much at the start of the season, but a couple of big results really got some momentum going. And even when they don't play well, they cause teams trouble. Like, they didn't play particularly well against United. Probably should have, should have still won the game. Got very unlucky with the, uh, the Pogba goal where the ball clearly had gone out of play. Palace rely heavily on Zaha. They rely heavily on Easy for create, uh, creativity. I would have concerns about the Palace defence against whether it's Antonio or Halar, against them being able to cope with that physicality, that ability to bring the ball under control and get those runners moving. And when you've got Fornals coming from one side, you've got Bowen from the other, Suchek making his way from midfield, it can be dangerous. And West Ham, they've just become very, very efficient. They've become very, very effective. And they don't make a whole bunch of mistakes. They don't give you many chances. And Palace aren't really, you know, the most clinical of teams. When you talk about Benteke up front, he's not exactly a big-time goal scorer. AU's not a big-time goal scorer. I'm going to say, again, 2-1 to the home team. West Ham pick up the win here. I think they're the better team, and I think their recent form gives them the edge. That's 2-1 win to West Ham in this one. I, I think I'm going to follow suit in a home team win for this game. I don't see Palace scoring in this game. I just somehow I've, I've got a feeling that West Ham are going to be able to keep a clean sheet in this one. And I'm going to go for a 1-0 West Ham win uh, I, th I think they're going to be able to grind out a 1-0 victory in this one. I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to be a late, too late a goal, but at least the second half, I'm looking 55, 60 minutes around there, get the goal and then see the game out. I think West Ham have started to improve quite a lot. Um, they've, they had a few surprise wins this season, but they're really starting to get momentum going. And I think they continue that in this game. And they get that 1-0. Similar with the Fulham concern in terms of the energy spent in a game. I think the Palace players, they spent a lot of energy in that Spurs game. And, and they, they got the result there. But it, this game is then... You then wonder if they're going to be as up for this game. You hope that they will be. But I'm, 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 I'm not too sure about that. But speaking of Spurs... Um, 
the next game on our fixture list it's Liverpool versus Tottenham and you know we we had Jody here for Banker or Burnett so we thought we might as well keep her around a uh, huge Spurs fan she knows a lot more about them than I do so Jody, how do you see this Liverpool versus Tottenham game going I'm not gonna lie I'm feeling quite nervous about this one um, I've just finished watching the Palace match, which was always going to be a tough one, especially now that we have some fans back in the crowd, which I think really made a difference for Palace today. Obviously, it was a different style of game to what we've been used to of Spurs of late. The three matches that we had before this were extremely tough fixtures. We were playing against teams like City and Chelsea, who were hungry for the ball. We had to sit back and soak up the pressure and the counter-attack. Um, you know, we had to do that really efficiently, so... We had to be clinical. Um, we had to know we, we knew we wouldn't have that many chances. Whereas in the Palace game, we now had to employ another tactic, which was to dominate possession and to try and unlock Palace's defense. So for us, it was a shift in tactics and mindset to what we've been doing. I thought we created enough chances today, but Guaida had an amazing game despite that one error that led to the Kane goal. It was a frustrating result, but we move on. So Liverpool v Tottenham, um, I am nervous, but dare I say not as nervous as I was before the Palace game. We'll have to see how the players react against Liverpool because we'll be going back to what's been successful for us, which is sitting back, soaking up the pressure and trying to get goals against the counter-attack. It's an away game and we haven't won against them at Anfield for almost 10 years or something like that. But I think if there's ever a chance to do it, it's definitely this year with Jose and the way that we've been playing. So I say bring it on. Awesome, awesome stuff. I'm I'm loving the confidence and you guys are top of the table. So I don't see any reason not to be confident. I, I agree with you in terms of the style of play. Going back to that very compact defense, looking for the counter-attack. We've seen, especially in this uh, Liverpool-Fulham game, that... Liverpool are very susceptible on transition and on counter-attacks. They did not look comfortable when, whenever Lookman was on the board driving forward or you know any of the Fulham players on the counter-attack. So if you then now are adding Spurs players doing that, you look at the likes of Son, obviously, it's a, it's a worry for me. I, I think, though, just the occasion will be um, hopefully for the Liverpool players, they get their focus back up again. Very frustrating not to get a win or a, against Fulham. Although, having watched that game and that performance, we stole that po point. I agree I agree with Dave when he mentioned that Fulham should have won the game. 100% they should have won that game. And I, I would have been happy to get the point before the game if I'm a Fulham fan. But having watched the game, been really pissed off because that was an opportunity to really get a win over Liverpool and yeah but this I, I think Liverpool bounce back in this one uh, I'm gonna go with my score line I'm gonna go with a 3-2 Liverpool win I, I don't trust Liverpool's defense okay. so the only way they're gonna win this game is by scoring lots of goals because I can see them conceding a few what about for you interesting okay okay well I'm actually gonna say 2-1 to us Oh, okay. um, I think if it was this time last year, I would have definitely given Liverpool the clear victory. But I think we will be fired up for a win after the draw against Palace. Um, and I think we'll have confidence after that defeat that you guys, um, that Fulham had against you guys. So, yeah, 2-1 to us, I think. Awesome, awesome stuff. That will definitely, probably game of the weekend, uh, we'll see. 
but I'll be interested to see how that game goes. I'm sure you'll be interested to see how that game goes. If you want to make sure that you are watching this game and you see how this game goes, I highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. This podcast is obviously presented by EPRindex.com in association with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. Uh, you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. Guys, I highly, highly recommend it. I, I wouldn't be pushing something like this unless I've tried it. I've seen it firsthand work. I'm currently watching NFL at the moment on, on, the, on a side screen as it's Sunday. And no hassles of how I'm going to watch it. I just know through Liberty Shield, I've got my VPN sorted out. I can watch these games all the way in America. Same with the Premier League. You can watch all the Premier League games just at the touch of a button. Excellent customer service and just really, really good people. So check them out. Give them a shout and let us know if you get one of their awesome packages. We'll move on. Uh, we've got two more games left. We've got Aston Villa versus Burnley next. And we're heading back to South Africa, but not with Obi this time. We're going to K. Um, let's hear what K has to say about this game. Hey, Tad. It's K here. Interesting. I'm going to be predicting the Aston Villa versus Burnley game for the upcoming game week. A difficult fixture to predict. Not really. Not really on paper, is it? <laughs> Burnley is struggling a little bit. Got the recent victory, but uh, slumped back down. Aston Villa, um, up and down, but got a really, really good uh, couple of results recently. Aston Villa at home. I am going to say that this is going to be a close game. So I'm going to go for Aston Villa 1, Burnley 0. And that probably means the end result is going to be 3-0 Burnley. So uh, <laughs> make of my prediction what you will. But I am going for 1-0 Aston Villa. 1-0 Aston Villa win. Uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I think a decent shout. Burnley are actually beating Arsenal at the moment. It's Burnley 1, Arsenal 0. 73 minutes in at time of recording. I, I, I quickly snuck across to see what the scoreline is. That makes this really interesting now, heading into this game against Aston Villa. Obviously, Aston Villa had that game on Saturday, the early kickoff against Wolves. They got that penalty. They got the goal. They got the win. If Burnley can hold on here, I think they're going to be really, really spirited going into that game. I'm going to go with a 1-1. I'm going to use the advantage of having seen the scoreline for Burnley against Arsenal at the moment. I think just the fact that they're doing well in that game, they may not end up winning that game, but just they'll take a lot of positives from it. So um, I think they carry that into this game. I'm going to go with the 1-1 in that game. The last game of the weekend, it's Sheffield United versus Man United. Sheffield United, man, man, oh man, oh man. Uh, it's not been a good season for them. It's definitely a season that they would be wanting to forget as quickly as possible, it's it, uh, they're, they're starting to get Derby County vibes, which isn't good. Um, obviously, in terms of getting the least amount of points, and whenever you're starting to get into that conversation, it's not good. As I mentioned, they come up against a very spirited United side. Um, look, a draw against Man City is probably a good result, just looking at it on paper. Considering the way that game went, Oli obviously spoke about how proud he was of the players and he said that was 
the best performance he's seen against Man City in a good while. Maybe as, you know, because of me watching it as a neutral and having spent 90 minutes watching that, I was pissed off with both teams. So I don't know about that shout. But I think Man United are going to have enough in this game. Obviously, it's not the biggest shout you're going to make. It's just Sheffield United have been unfortunate this season. And unfortunately for them, you're coming up against a team that usually is very fortunate, in my opinion. Um, Man United side that... Yes, it's not been a great week for them, but Oli will get results when he needs results. When 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 he, when push comes to shove and he needs to get a win just to get people off his back, just 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 to get some breathing room, he gets the win. So I'm going to go with a Man United win. I'm going to go with a 2-0 Man United win. Um yeah, and as I mentioned, it's the last it's the last uh, fixture for this weekend. JD, do you want to give us a shout on how you think this game will be or the scoreline for this one? Yeah, I think I agree with everything that you've said there. Um, for me, I think it will be a 1-0 Man U win. Okay. okay. Um, Man United haven't been playing as well as they could have been playing this year. So, yeah, I think I'm going to give them a 1-0 win. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's swinging Man United on this podcast at the moment. We'll see how that game goes, but that's going to do it for this episode of A Tad Predictable. Jody, do you have anything you want to plug, put over, promote before we wrap up? Uh, no, the only thing is you can catch me on Twitter. I'm at Spursy141. Awesome, awesome stuff. And thank you for coming on, uh, being a part of the show. Thank you for the awesome stuff you do with the voiceovers, uh, the intros at the beginning of the show. From my end, uh, go ahead and check out all the content on EPL Index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and also all the news that you could wish for, especially if you want to just keep up with team news and stuff like that over this quick transition for the Tuesday games. Highly recommend you going to eplindex.com. Of course, there's the daily podcast show, the Two Footer Podcast. You heard Dave on the show giving his predictions. If you want to hear more from Dave, just speaking Football in general, very, very knowledgeable guy when it comes to football. He's on every single week. Check out the Two Footed Podcast. Um, our flagship show, it runs weekly. It's the EPL Roundtable. Kev DeVries, he sits down with panelists, the likes of Jake Jackman that you heard here. Um, they basically review and preview the happenings in and around the EPL. You can follow this show on our Twitter page at Predictable. You can follow EPL at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index on your podcast channel or on your pod, obviously your podcast providers. Give us five-star ratings if you feel so inclined. Leave some positive comments. That stuff really, really helps us. I can't stress that enough, guys. That really, really helps us get exposures and, and, and make this show even better for you guys. So it's a win-win for both of us. I've been Tadio Chanakera. You can find me on my new Twitter handle at Tad Predicts. The lovely lady that does our guest intros and she joined us today. Jody is at Spursy141. All our guests today, huge thank you for all coming along. Obi, he's at John Empire SA. Jake, he's at Jake Jackman with two N's. We had Dave coming in, he's at Two Footed Pod. Kalen also joined us. He's at the underscore Kalen. That's at the underscore K-Y-L-N. And finally, our producer behind the glass, Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on the Twitters. And remember, 
Chisinga Perry, Chino Shura. Sports Social Podcast Network.